Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to the Business of Marriage podcast. This is your girl, Tova, also known as the wife of the therapist. Hey, this is Sam Jones, also known as the husband of a serial entrepreneur. You better let him know. I think you're missing one. Oh, eclectic. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You better let him know. (laughs) And together we are the Jones Unit. What's up? What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We have made it to the end of the week, and we always are so excited to come on and chat with you all. Yes. And listen, y'all, we have been reviewing and talking about our podcast to ourselves. <laughs> and we have noticed some things that we will no longer do. <laughs> uh, we're not going to be dry. We're not going to be because we know this is going out to at least on Facebook, 700 plus of you all. Yeah. And then in terms of everybody else that listens across the great state of Michigan, the Wolverine, a la Spartan state um, yeah. and everywhere else in the world world we want to make sure that you are um, in a space where you like enjoy this podcast and keep coming back so we're going to be clear we're going to be concise we're going to have fun (laughs) and we're going to do things in a spirit of excellence yes yes because our our last podcast we're going to be just real we did that podcast like 11 o'clock at night never again and never again we can never we y'all we were so drained i went back and listened to that podcast like this was dry. That thing needed to be deleted. But we won't go delete it because there was some good stuff. But <laughs> you guys, we were coming back better than ever, especially me, because I am just returning this week from an awesome, awesome uh-huh. women's conference in South Carolina, the Permission Conference with Dr. Jackie Green, who is definitely phenomenal. You may not know her, but she is the wife of Travis Green, Mr. He made a way or you made a way. That's what they call him. How does how does that song go? You made a way. All right. That's all you can sing. Cause you know, they start suing people. When your back was against the wall. Pastor start suing people. We say they song too much. You didn't get the, you didn't get the, uh, what's it the, called? The rights. <laughs> I do not own the rights to that song. I just sung, but there you, go. you guys, it was amazing, but I have to give kudos to my husband who allowed me to go to South Carolina for four days and four nights. Allowed is a strong word. Well, if you would have told me no, I couldn't go. I, or no, babe, I don't think, you know. That, that sounds more like me, babe. I don't think you should go. I, well, you didn't say that. I didn't. I said, babe, I think you should go. Yeah, you're like, sure. And I don't think we thought all the way through of what that would entail. Mr. Samuel Jones. Especially for me. Yes, he had a two-month-old and a, well, I mean, three-month-old. And a two-year-old for four days and four nights. And, honey, you were phenomenal. The kids were alive and well when I got back. They They were. There were no bruises or, you know, bleeding or anything. They were well put together. And listen, this is, this is, I felt sick to my body, my (laughs) core. I was tired. Yeah, you were. My son did and didn't do what I expected him to do. My daughter definitely didn't do what I expected her to do. And yet somewhere along the way, God gave us slash Samuel grace to make you it through. May. <laughs> oh, don't know how, but you did it. Woo. <laughs> but I, you guys, it was awesome. I needed that time. Man. I went with um, one of my sisters and we end up meeting 
two friends for life. Um, it was so God ordained. Dr. Jackie was phenomenal. Tasha Cobbs was there. Um, Sarah Jakes Roberts was there. Naomi Rain. It was just an awesome experience. And I really needed to be away, away from the noise, as Israel Holton would say, and just focus and lean into God and really get poured into. And so, because Babe, you said I could go. I think um, I was able to come back fire on fire and with much revelation. I was still tired mm-hmm. because we were in church a lot. I could not believe it, y'all. She <laughs> came off the plane looking like she had been through war. <laughs> and I said, girl, you just came from a whole. You was all. Listen, I saw my wife on the phone. We talked several times. I seen her on FaceTime. And she was like bubbly, excited, flipping her hair back and forth like Willow Smith <laughs> and like all the things. And then all of a sudden she gets back just drudging. Well, and I, the airplane was 5,000 hours. It was. My flight left at 530 in the morning, which means I had to be at the airport at four o'clock, which means I had to get up at 3 a.m., y'all. So and we had been in church all one day. We didn't get out till midnight. So I, it wasn't a restful. Yes, it wasn't a restful trip. Uh-huh. It was just a fulfilling trip, and yes. so I'm back, and I am excited. Okay, yeah, she back, she excited, and I'm well out. <laughs> so let's go. Let's get into this uh, episode. Of course, you know we uh, we might have a double hop topic hop topic for you because that was hot topic number one with Tova and her trip and her uh, opportunity to enjoy and be fulfilled yeah. um, in that word, but also hot topic number two. Um, I get a chance to, uh, well, it's, here's a backstory to this. Me and Tova get a chance to kind of go and see what is it that we want to start our episodes off with. And those are typically hot topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, in that same space, uh, there's opportunities for us to write our episodes. And so when we're choosing to write what we're going to talk about, sometimes we have one that leads to one another one that, you know, kind of, you know, is the filler inner. Yeah. So, filler. yeah. Anyhow, um, hot topic number two. So there was this article that came out from the L.A. Times and in L.A. Times, they were talking about women and stereotypical dating Mm -hmm. and what that looks like in terms of if men are emotionally available or not, Mm -hmm. if men have intimacy or not. And so they went on. In this article to just talk about, you know, the biology of dating and some of these questions started to come out into um, part of this uh, hot topic that we want to talk about. So I'm going to ask you, babe. Okay. um, And as you think about dating, but also in a general sense, um, Mm -hmm. specifically if these statements are true and or false. So true. And if I did it or true, if as if. Does it work? However you'd like to address it. Okay. You know, give you the anonymity in that. Okay. And why. So true or false and why. All right. First statement. Uh, Men, uh, excuse me, you should play hard to get because men love a challenge. You know, I do agree with men love a challenge. Mm -hmm. I think that especially in dating, I think it's a thrill for them. Um, Men are naturally hunters by nature. Um, As far as playing hard to get, I think you can still be chased and the men can still have a challenge without playing hard to get. I don't think as women we really have the formula 
on hard on how to play hard to get. Okay. But I think that you should leave some things to the imagination and you should let the man dig into those layers to find out who you are. I don't think you should lay it all out at the top. Mm-hmm. I know a whole bunch of non-traditionalists that are right now going to be yelling at you like, girl, I do not care. You know, we should be out here getting these men. Listen, I do not care. (laughs) Second question. (laughs) Don't reveal too much about yourself because men love a mystery. I think you should not reveal too much of yourself at once. We have seen time and time again of women who go on first dates and be like, how many kids do you want? Do you want to get married? Do you see yourself marrying me? Well, like maybe date number seven or eight. Let's talk about, let's get some general stuff popping off on the first and second date. Like you might not even like him. He may not even like you. Let's take it slow. So I do think that you need to pace yourself. Mm, that's a good, that's, I mean, that's good advice. Do you think we paced ourselves in our first date? Yeah, I definitely paced myself. You did most of the talking the first time. Okay. (laughs) Now, now, say I'm lying. I ain't saying you're lying. I know I'm not because the first, and that's, you always say that, like, I never, I'm an introvert. I normally don't talk. I, I enjoyed listening to you our first date. And that's why you called me for a second, right? Because you wanted to learn more. That's true. I give you that. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Because here's a, here's an adage. Most men are probably introverts. Mm. Most men are probably introverts. You know how you can tell? You can walk into a room full of men, and sometimes, most times, a lot of men are more quiet, and they're struggling to get going with conversation. But once it gets going, it gets going, and then the extroverted aspect of a man comes out. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because you walk in a room full of women, and we we talking off the bat. Yeah, it ain't a silent mouse in the house. Yeah. True. Okay. Question number three. Here's a here's one that people hate. Never beat a man in sports or cards. Men need to feel like the winner. Never. I'm 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 whooping tails every time. I'm slapping hands every time. Sam, no, I am competitive. I'm never gonna let you win to make you feel like a winner. If you're a winner, learn how to play the game and win. By the way, y'all, this is coming from the LA Times. So this ain't what we just came up with. <laughs> Build up a man's ego, especially in public. The especially in public part. (laughs) What? So you're lying at that point. If you have to say especially in public, which means you're not boasting his ego in private. I don't want to use the word boasting his ego, but I do believe that you should encourage your man. I believe that you should be his biggest cheerleader. And I believe that you should make him feel like the greatest man in the world. Now, I also believe that if he's not doing right or doing some things correct, that as you know, you're his spouse or his partner, that you should be able to correct him in love. I wouldn't do that in public. I don't believe in checking my man in public. That's a no, no. But I, I, I'm definitely I feel your biggest cheerleader boosting your ego. I don't really like, you know, where that comes from. So as I thought about this literally in moment in vivo, I think that a lot of men uh, desire and appreciate affirmation. Okay. And so men will, um, 
find themselves in incredulous and crazy opportunities with other women because they went to affirm them mm. where their girlfriend and or spouse did not. That's good. So affirming instead of building up a man's ego. Exactly. I, I can rock focus. with affirming. Yeah. And and definitely in public. Like when he's done something great, of course. You gonna toot your cause tooting his horn is tooting yours, okay? All right. All right. So babe, what are what do you think? <laughs> are 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 any of these true? Uh, I like the affirmation one. If you change the wording, okay. Um, I think, I think some men most I like I like competition in certain elements. So if you are competitive in certain elements with me, I like to enjoy that. Means it's gonna be crazy great sex later on because you're trying to be funny. <laughs> that that might stir me up. Um, it does stir you. It does. Hallelujah. It definitely stir. Hallelujah. You. <laughs> um, don't reveal too much about yourself. I think for I think you're right. In that like the aspect of when you didn't talk a whole lot maybe i expected you to and i did and even though i have no i, I don't even remember that I but didn't. like it did like i want to know more about who she is mm-hmm. and i have heard stories of women who be out here dating and they say so much in the first two or three Maybe in the ter- first date, yeah, and and, and so to some guys, it's like warning sign. Yep, like oh my gosh, like you got a whole lot going on. I yeah. was just trying to kick it with you for a second. Yep, you know, but then you know, it's like, hey, wait, you can't, you can't, if you can't maintain this weight that I got, then you don't deserve me anyhow. I get that, <laughs> I get that, <laughs> but that ain't going I don't want to maintain the weight right now. I want to be able to slowly take yeah. in all of who you are yeah. so that way I know that I can navigate that with yeah. you and be a, a a help to you later on down the route. So uh, you like the mysterious part of a woman. Uh-huh. Okay. Um and then that was supposed to oh, be play say, hard to get. Yeah, play hard to get. Be in love a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think every man loves to, again, the competitive part of a guy, you know, is like, yeah, we would love to, you know, take some time to figure out, navigate, you know, what this is going to be like. Um, but some, but society and culture plays a role in, in that too, because then it, it, some men like, man, this is too, this is taking too long. I mean, yeah, you told me that. And it, it was like, it, I, it was a time limit to the playing hard to get. Like after, about a month and a half, two months, you were kind of like, okay, do you want to get caught or not? You know what I'm saying? I think you do were kind of. think kinda... it was a month and a half? I think it was a little longer than that, babe. Really? Yeah, it was a lot longer than that. Yeah, it was like four months. Okay, there okay. we go. I'm like, I wouldn't, I didn't have, I didn't have that less of patience. <laughs> yeah, it was like four months. And then you were like, okay, I know I'm a good guy. I know I want to be with you. If you're not down for the ride, let me know. And I can move on. So I do think it's a time limit on the playing hard to get peace. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to throw wave your white flag or whatever. I don't got to wave no flag. Just let your flag say available and ready. Yep. <laughs> I may be young, but I'm ready. Again, we do not own the rights to that song. <laughs> um, let's, let's get into the topic today. Listen, we didn't hit y'all with two hot topics. Hopefully, y'all having fun enjoying the podcast. Um, I'm bringing out my extroverted side today. Woo-hoo. And so uh, we're talking about emotions. Mm. Um, yeah, for some people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he motions, she motions, emotions is what yeah. we're talking about today. And we're just going to take a little bit of a track down um, our lane. But I want to start with, babe, like what were some of the messages 
either specific to you or in a general sense, you feel like that were taught to you about emotions, you know, in your womanhood and in my manhood, what were taught to you about emotions? I think, um, I think for me, one thing was taught was never to wear your emotions on your sleeve. Mm. Like, don't let them see you sweat. Right. Yep. Don't don't let them see you sweat. Don't let people see you cry. Um, I think those were some of the things that I was taught, even though I'm a big crier. I don't think I cry as much anymore as we did when we first got married. Yeah. Or dated. Um, but I found myself even now trying to suppress it. You know, like hide my face and different things like that. You know, just because you've been taught, don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you cry. If you're angry or I have to have a tough conversation, it's almost like a form of weakness to let your emotions show. I wonder if that's normal for most women, though. Like, and I, I don't know, but I know for men, you hear that from a lot of men, and that was my story. Really? Yeah, I think from from a man, it's like, dog, this is if you cry, you weak. You know, what I'm saying you 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 know you can use all the terms that's not proper for now in this day and age and culture. Um, and and then at the same time, it was like, you know, it, the only emotion that was acceptable was anger because it showed you were able to get through a struggle or were able to get through certain things and even then you know if you were too angry then it's like oh you know there's that angry black kid again or there's that you know particularly young man that needs to work on his anger that's why we have so many anger management classes for guys yeah i don't think that crying was to show that i was weak it was almost a it was almost like don't throw your femininity around. You get what I'm saying? Like, huh. just because you're a girl ah. doesn't mean you need to cry and everything. Like, sometimes you just got to be the strong one. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially as a black woman, you know, we have that same stigma of the angry black woman. Interesting. You know, we have that same stigma of, you know, she's crying. She's trying to, you know, throw throw her um, her femininity around. I just... I don't know. I think it was just don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you cry. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. I think sometimes as women, we could be so emotional that it could even um, control some of our cognitive things. Like we become so emotional that we can't make decisions or, you know, we are emotionally led and it can lead us to the wrong decisions. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that too, babe. And I think that goes into like, we're talking about marriage, but we're also talking about the aspects of our, our gender. Mm-hmm. And and even I think that goes into the space of how our culture plays into yeah. our emotions and, and or our non-emotional outlets. I think about the space where sometimes when it came to emotional things as a guy, you know, I remember my dad. My dad was, you know, probably the connotation of a religious emotional person. Mm-hmm. And what that means is we see in church you know, our parents be like out there, hands up, crying, praising God, the Holy Spirit's moving, all those types of things. But that's the only outlet where we see people become emotional or a behavior yeah. connected to emotion. I'm like, and that would be my dad too, because at home, you wasn't getting no emotion. Yeah. You was getting like, this is straight laced dad face. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is what it is. This is what it was. Again, you weak if you look, you weak if you're, if you're over emotional. But yet that over emotion often cases was exerted in church. Yeah. But I think in that too, like other than that appearance of feeling weak and being weak as a man, there's a space where 
I think culturally emotions can be connected to like you have to learn how to keep secrets mm. or not learn how to show like mm. certain things because especially in our ethnic in our culture you're like what's what's the how what's that word what's that adage go where that phrase goes it goes you know like don't put your business out in the street mm-hmm. you know what happens in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. you know and it also connects back into this emotional piece of who we are because we end up being in spaces where we don't like you shouldn't share or show certain things to yeah. certain people who don't understand who you are right, or aren't connected to you. I think another one I think that we do with emotion is it becomes a place where instead of practicing vulnerability, mm. we end up being in a space where we're more often cases showing a place of a barrier or a place of a protection mechanism mm-hmm. where we're often places trying to be like, well, I'm just protecting, mm-hmm. you know, you or them, but I'm really protecting who I am. Mm-hmm. And not allowing people in mm-hmm. as a man. And then the last thing is that we end up in that way just being guarded yeah. instead of being honest, you know, and being sincere with our emotions. Yeah, I think so many times that I was even looking back at um, some of the the little slogans or what that we were talking about. Yeah. And a lot of those did have, you know, us covering up our emotions, playing hard to get mm-hmm. when I really like you. You know what I'm saying? Like. Why play hard to get if I really like you? And I know off the top that I do. Why play these games? I think so many times just unbeknownst to those who raised us or, you know, who schooled us in the game. Yeah. They kind of made us emotionalists or kind of detached from our emotions without even knowing some of the general dating tips and tricks yeah. is detaching yourselves from your emotion. Even though the Bible does say, you know, guard your guard heart, your heart, yep. you know, yep. because out of it flows the issues of life. Like I, everything comes out of it. So I think it's a fine line between guarding your emotions, but in marriage though, all bets are off, man. Like, and and that is where when it comes to premarital counseling, yeah. marriage counseling in general, I think that area is often skipped over mm, because mm-hmm. even in, even as I think about it now, it's skipped over because we don't talk about the emotional connection that often cases yeah. most wives after five, ten years of marriage, like my husband is emotionally unavailable. Man, we don't even talk and get into the realm and the area of emotions. Yeah. Right now, me and my wife are working on reading a book called uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, something like that, by Peter Scazzaro. And yeah. so, like, this book is, re- is is a recommendation of mine as a therapist, but also a recommendation to, to just get into what does it look like to be emotionally healthy, but then how that connects to your spirituality and in that, babe, I'm just finding out, like, I'm finding myself in that book so much. Yeah. Um, but in that frame, I, I read it, like, I think about eight years ago as well, but I'm rereading it again with the updated edition. And in that, I'm finding, like, in the space of marriage, you know, which it talks about a little bit, too, here we are where if you have one spouse that's emotionally unavailable, often cases, and one other spouse who feels like they have to be the emotional leader mm-hmm. in the household, now you have two people who are feeling distant Based off, you know, even we go to the scripture when someone mourns, don't you want to mourn with them? Don't you want to know that you're connecting with them in a space that is sincere and vulnerable? But when we don't practice vulnerability in our own marriage because I'm disconnected from you or you're disconnected from me, 
we often places we often faces find ourselves in spaces where we feel isolated definitely and we end up running to someone or something else who can fulfill that need yeah and also the one who is uh emotionally i don't know carrying the relationship they get tired of trying to what's wrong tell me what's wrong i know something wrong what's going on i could tell in your face i'm straight i'm good that becomes tiring. And then after a while, you're like, what are they hiding? It's when true. in reality, the person could just be depressed, but they don't know how to express that because they haven't been exposed to ways to let their spouse know that, listen, I'm struggling. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm unhappy. Like, and sometimes I know people won't express how they feel emotionally because they don't want to hurt the other spouse. Yep. This is where we have to always remember in a healthy relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Your spouse is not out to hurt you. So if something is bothering you, if you're feeling emotionally detached, if you are having feelings that you need to discuss with your spouse, you have to go into it with they're not trying to hurt me. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to harm. They're me. not trying to harm me. They just want you to understand. There you go. That's my, you know, that's my favorite phrase I, I know. use with every couple I counsel. I know. When you're trying, and this goes into communication because mm-hmm, communication mm-hmm. is just as essential to emotion and emotional intelligence as anything. Most yeah. number one struggle for couples, communication. Always. Like for real. Even me and my wife struggle it's, with it's it. It's an evolving, it's an evolving issue, right? It is. Because your emotions change, your needs change, yep. which means your communication style can change. Change all the time. All the time. All the time. And like in that when you're when you're when you're starting off again, I use this with my couples in counseling. When you're starting off a phrase with Hey, listen, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to harm you. I just want you to understand you're giving your spouse a play into being like, let's just start on equal footing. Yeah. Let's just start on the space where we want to have a connection. So here's really point number one for you. Start off with a phrase that you can get on equal footing whenever you're navigating emotions. And here's point number two. Understand that what you've been taught in regards to emotions and sharing that to someone else may not be the same, a la what we call an assumption. We assume so much in communication. This person gets me. I heard that you hear that in movies. Oh, they just get me. No, (laughs) most often the person does not get you. Mm -mm. They get a aspect of what you're initially saying in that moment. But most people in a two way, two person conversation, that thing develops over time. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked and surprised. If I hear a marriage in the first four, three, three, four years, be like, oh, yeah, we just we just get each other. We communicate. We talk. Yeah, y'all might talk. Y'all might share some ideas. But I bet by golly gee, you're learning how to communicate with your spouse. You sit in the game for 10, 10 years, sit in the game yeah. for 20 years, and you'll hear more and more couples come out to Woodworths talking about, I need to have some type of frame to under, because my spouse don't get me now, because like you said just a few moments ago, mm-hmm. we're ever changing. Yeah. And I think some of the assumptions that we make in our communication and marriage, often cases are connected to these verbals and nonverbals that we learn over time. Yep. Uh, you, I was sitting in a class. I was doing a group therapy class not too long ago. And one of the things that we talked about emotions with majority uh, crew of men, mm-hmm. young men in this class was I asked them, how did y'all first learn them? 
about emotions. And of course, we brought this, the emoji thing up, yep. you know, where the people's faces upside down, mm-hmm. eyebrows up, surprise, mm-hmm. all the things we use in our iPhone now. Mm-hmm. That's how we first learned about emotions and how to express them. Yeah. Right. But in that same frame, you sit there and you do that with two people who do or don't know each other. And it's going to mean different things to different people, different strokes for different folks. Right. And in that frame, in the same way, you sit with your girlfriend, your spouse, whoever, your boyfriend, and you start to share a certain thing or show a certain thing on your face. That person's going to interpret that a whole totally different way sometimes than you intend. Yeah. You know, and let's just say you looking straight faced and, and all things going on. And I look at your straight face like, man, like, why are you so mad? Mm-hmm. Or why are you sad about something? Or did I do something, babe? Right. I do that all the time. With yes. Because <laughs> I, I misinterpret that you may be tired yeah. or that you may have had a long day. Or I'm in deep thought about something. About Exactly. Yeah. And so just even a non-verbal exa- verbal example like that mm-hmm. could be a way that we misinterpret that emotion and or what that behavior looks like that we're mirroring about what we feel about our own emotional understanding of something. Yeah. I think assumptions in marriage is so dangerous Mm -hmm. because I can't really say what they say when you assume, but you know, it it makes a blank out of you. right? (laughs) First three letters. Yes. Because you're going around off of what you think and what you feel without communicating with your spouse about what's really going on. And I think getting rid of assumptions is so healthy. Just just ask. Just ask. And if you feel like the mood isn't right to ask, go in it without having assumptions. You know, when you go and ask, like, babe, are you okay? Like, when he asks me that, I automatically check myself. Like, I must have had a look on my face. I must be quieter than normal. Yep. When in reality, I'm just having a a, a, a moment. And um, I think like what you said, learning to just ask and stop assuming will help alleviate a lot of unwanted arguments and things of that nature. And I'm still learning how to navigate conversations with my wife. And yes, our baby's crying, but I'm still learning to navigate conversations with my wife and trying to understand when she does or says a thing and how you start a statement off often cases can be perpendicular to the direction it goes as well. Like yeah. if I assume that you're mad or sad about something and then you reply, I ain't mad or sad about nothing. Well, I'm like, okay, then it all of a sudden can go in that direction. If something triggers, that's, that's a, th- that's a therapy term. Something triggers a memory or whatever. But in right. that moment, it's better to say, Hey babe, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. You know, and that way I'm I'm using a leading statement to be like, let's have an open conversation about maybe you did have a tiring day or I had a tiring day. And it's not that you're mad or frustrated or whatever based on a nonverbal. I could just want some food. You could just want some food. Like literally 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, and the last thing that we'll talk about today, because we're nearing 30 minutes, actually we are 30 minutes, um, is literally when you're wanting to establish some level of emotional empathy. It's important to use what we call I feel statements, Mm. you know, because I feel statements lead to I need and I want statements. Mm. You know, how are you feeling? You know, I feel this. I feel angry. I feel mad. I feel sad. I feel happy. Whatever that is, because ultimately you're wanting me to understand something in regards to your day or our relationship or something that happened. 
And in that you're ultimately wanting to indicate to me what you want or need in that moment. Right. For example, I have had a, my wife I'm going to do my wife. My wife feels tired, um, um, exhausted, um, deprived of food. Right. Um, <laughs> because of whatever happened throughout the course of her day. And then in that, she indicates I want or need a hamburger. I want or need pizza rolls. Right. <laughs> whatever it was that we just talked about. And in that she's having a felt and expressed need, even how silly or or or, or you know, regular this may be, but in that she's hoping and wanting me to fulfill a need or want, you know, in that moment when she expresses it. But that's how important language is and becomes when we're talking about not only your emotional intelligence, but also the space where you're wanting your, your spouse or your partner to fit something or fix, not necessarily fix something, but to be able to to hit that want or need. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you don't want your spouse to fix it. Sometimes it's just a need. Like I don't need you to go get, me a hamburger or pizza rolls or whatever or I don't need you to go to my job and you know tell off one of my co-workers you know that <laughs> right. drove me crazy I just need you to listen exactly I just need a vent buddy you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um and sometimes I know for guys that's one thing that they that's where their mind goes is how can I fix this problem exactly um and sometimes we don't want y'all to fix it but that is another assumption and then that leads into expectations, and yep. then that's a whole other podcast for another day. Listen, <laughs> listen, we just hit y'all with three things, and in regards to just emotions, and this really is just beginning the topic. But I want to, I want y'all to stick around for the next couple of episodes because we're leading into something. These next two episodes that we talk about are going to be uh, amazing because my wife is going to be sharing about her postpartum journey, mm-hmm. you know, and postpartum for women. And then guess what? You never hear this from guys, <laughs> but I'm going to hit y'all and it's going to be a good podcast. My wife is the one you will listen to. And then after that is going to be the sequel <laughs> because we're going to talk about postpartum in regards to how men deal with it. Yeah. So I'm excited for these next two episodes. We got a little connection of a lead in with talking about emotions, emotions, but that connects to those two next episodes and topics as well. So, yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast. You know, we're going to end off in prayer. Sam, go ahead. Since you, this was your, this is your good topic. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and you heard the scripture too, cause we can always give you some word, but, uh, in this, uh, I just want to pray for, um, for men and women in this area, we know that there are so many sh- couples that are trying to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you hear that again, that connection of man, emotional unavailability. And I wish they were more of this and that. And then you get the guys that are, and you don't like it. <laughs> and so right. like all those different spaces. So I'm just going to pray that, um, you know, pray for our couples, but God, I just thank you that in this space, there are so, 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 so many couples navigating challenges in their marriages and, maybe one of those things that they have a struggle in is communication and emotion. And in those two spaces, God, we know that you gave us um, the opportunity to be full human beings, meaning that we have a full human life and a full human experience. And part of the human experience is this aspect of emotion. So I God, I just ask you to connect, um, connect us back, us men, us women, Lord God, back into the space of, understanding what it means to be emotional and what it means to feel again, Lord God, those spaces that were closed off 
in people's lives, Lord God, where they put big walls and barriers and boundaries up because of traumatic things that have happened in their lives. And it's hard to even feel or to, to think that way. And God, I just ask you in those spaces where they are allowing you to do it, for you to come through and heal those spaces, to support those spaces, to connect people back together in those spaces, even where marriages are on a, a space of even just tearing apart or those spaces where they needed to mend. God, bring them back to that place where they can feel again. Um, let them feel you first and then let them be able to feel and connect with their spouses again, Lord God. And hopefully some of this information we shared today was helpful. And we thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Business of Marriage podcast. We always love chatting it up with you guys every Friday. And we want to make sure you keep coming back because we love y'all over here on the Business of Marriage. Y'all have a great weekend. Peace.